Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Right Way podcast. Okay, today's guest is someone I look up to so much that I'm going to be totally honest, I was a little off (laughs) my game in this interview because I was actually nervous. I don't usually get nervous for podcast interviews, but I I took this one solo. So thanks a lot, Joe. I blame this on you. <laughs> and I found myself like geeking out a little bit because I look up to today's guest so much. Morgan Harper Nichols is an acclaimed Instagram poet. She has truly created her life's work around the stories of others. So if you're not familiar with her work, check her at at Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram, which is in the show notes. She has garnered such a loyal online community, uh, a cool 1.6 million followers to be exact. Uh, And she has done it in a way that is so authentic and beautiful. She is an artist. She is a poet. Her latest book, All Along You Were Blooming, is the most incredible collection. It's a book of poems and art she created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. And this was a real aha moment for me in our interview today because, you know, I talk a lot about social media and how we don't really use it for this business, but she does it in such an authentic way. She decided very early on that like, I'm not going to post pictures of myself. I don't feel comfortable doing what other people are doing. So I'm going to do it in a way that feels in service for me. And that resonated so much with me. In fact, like when I started Instagram a few years ago, I had an idea to do um, poems, to do little like haikus, and my husband was going to illustrate them. And I actually had some on the very early, early um, posts of Instagram back in like 2018. And I really wish that I would have stuck with that because I tried a few, but I was new to it. And I was like, no, no one's going to like this. But I love that she is truly an artist in today's society. I feel like her work is a very organic expression of the grace and hope, um, that we all hope to have in this world. Um, And a little bit more about Morgan, you know, before she became such a popular poet and artist, she was a vocalist. Um, She has worked on several Grammy-nominated projects. She's written for various artists, including a number one Billboard single performed uh, by her sister, Jamie Grace. She is often on the road creating, teaching, performing, in hopes of spreading her unique inspirational message and inviting others into her creative process. She's currently in Phoenix. She has an upcoming book, a new book that she is so excited about that we dive into coming out in April. So I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy this incredible conversation with the one and only Morgan Harper Nichols. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. First of all, before we even start, I just have to tell you what a huge fan of yours I am. I've, I've been a fan <laughs> for a while. I love your work so much. Oh, and 
I got, I got my start writing poetry. My father is a oh. fantastic poet and hmm. I think he should have totally tried to get published. He never did. He always used it kind of as this just way to emote and express himself. And it's something I always come back to again and again, especially when I'm feeling like removed from the artistry of it all. But because I feel like it feels like a lost art in some ways, like being a poet in today's world. Um, So I'd love to start out asking, actually, did you grow up reading poetry? And if so, who were some of your favorite influences? Yes, that's such a good question. And and I love that you you come from that that heritage. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's funny because I actually don't have much memory of poetry being being very, very young. Um, I mean, I remember I, I, I'm a preacher's kid and I actually yeah. remember um I remember like in like Psalms and the Bible and Proverbs and the Bible, I'm like, oh, they're like line breaks in these, in these mm-hmm. paths. Like that was interesting to me from a young age, but it wasn't really like, oh, I should try that. Sure. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. And it wasn't until I was 14, actually, my first memory with kind of having a connection with poetry. I was at the local library and I was just kind of perusing the shelves and I ended up opening kind of one of your, you know, old anthologies and yes. I ended up opening it to T.S. Eliot's poem, <laughs> uh, Proof Rock. And yes. I remember reading it and, and just so shocked that this old, like older writer who was no longer living, mm-hmm. how I just felt so deeply connected to what he was saying. And I didn't fully understand it, but the parts that I understood, I was like, this feels like it was written for now for me. Like, how was that possible? Yes. So that was the first time that I, I felt, oh, I, I want to read more of this. I want more poetry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got on like a T.S. Eliot kick for, <laughs> for a yeah. while. And then I think the next sort of um, iteration of that, I remember when YouTube was like coming out and becoming popular, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, um, I remember seeing Maya Angelou read Ugh. her poems, speak her poems. And I was so fascinated by that. I was like, she's not even looking at a page. Like she has it memorized. <laughs> and that wow. was, and that kind of led me into learning more about spoken word poetry and mm-hmm. how speaking poetry and, and, and from there, yeah, it just, it just went on and on. Yeah. Um, and then I actually ended up, it was a really long way around it. I started to kind of try to write my own poetry and then I ended up a uh, long story, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I ended up changing my major a lot in college and ended up at community college for a semester. And I had to write a poem as an assignment. And my professor pulled me over to the side after class and was like, Morgan, this is really good. You should pursue poetry. Like you're, you're, this is really good. Mm-hmm. And um, sadly it was almost 10 years <laughs> from that point yeah. to the point that I am now where I felt confident to say I am a poet. So yeah, a little bit all over the place, but at the same time, I'm shocked that I ended up landing there because <laughs> I didn't have a ton of, you know, things leading to that. No, did you, did you grow up? I'm really curious about this because yeah, I, I started writing poetry, but I really looked at it as 
oh, this is just a hobby of mine. This is something that I do. I can't possibly mm. make this into a real career. And I feel like that was yeah. ingrained in me from the beginning, even though I came from an artistic household, but it was still just this thing you did and it wasn't a quote unquote real job. But mm -hmm. what was your belief about being a writer or being a poet? Did you think of it in terms of like, oh, this is something that I could actually do versus something, you know, that was just kind of a, a hobby? Yeah. So yeah, I actually also grew up in a very creative home and mm. I ended up having kind of early, cause I have a younger sister who is, is in music and yeah. I, I'm also in music, but she just kind of did more, more with it than I did, especially early on. But I had a, I had a frame of mind for music that seemed to make sense to me. Yep. It's like, okay, yeah, you could, cause my mom is also a singer. My dad's a musician. I understood that. Like that to me was, I was like, oh yeah, I could see that as a possibility, but the writing itself, poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, I don't know how poets are found or, um, yeah, it wasn't until my, my professor in community college that he explained it to me. <laughs> it's like, here's, yeah. here's how this could go. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So actually when I graduated from college, I actually ended up pursuing an MFA in poetry and I didn't finish I made it one semester <laughs> because I was trying to work full-time and I'd also just gotten married it was just a lot it was a lot yeah. going on um but yeah I, I kind of going back to your question yeah I definitely didn't have a real frame of mind about that yeah how how to be a poet how to be a writer that right. was yeah yeah I didn't have that for a while so you were a musician, you were a musician before you became a poet and writer, correct? And didn't mm -hmm. you, did you come to Nashville? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I want to talk about that a little bit because I feel like so many of us adopt these narratives about our lives. Like I am a writer, I'm an accountant, I am mm -hmm. a mother, I am a musician, and we don't allow ourselves to rewrite our stories or to start over or begin again mm -hmm. in a new kind of a new genre, quote unquote genre, but how did you rewrite that story from musician to a poet and writer? Yeah. Um, I feel like my answer to this is super boring, but it's reality <laughs> and, and it's, good. I think it's reality <laughs> for a lot of people. I, I was finding it very hard to, to how to see the financial stability and <laughs> having yeah. a music career and, just getting funding. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I actually did have the opportunity to kind of go a traditional route in terms of like being on a record label and things like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, a lot of that has, has changed over the course of the decades. And a lot of people who end up, you know, on labels or with deals have to kind of work different jobs to be able yes. to, to do that. So I was just finding it increasingly harder and harder to sustain, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, and I feel like you'll find this in any industry where you'll, you kind of understand that there's a point where it's like, okay, I got to pay my dues, but it gets to a point where you're like, okay, have I, <laughs> have the dues been paid? <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of at that point and I was like, well, what am I going to do next? And I didn't really have a plan B because even though I enjoyed writing again, I didn't have like a framework for what to do with the writing itself. Sure. Um, and I enjoyed art, but there was no way I was calling myself an artist back then. And it's really interesting too, because 
if I look at my life, I can actually see I was always an artist. I was always Mm -hmm. like, even when it came to um, like designing my own t-shirts when I was a music artist, or even when it came to designing album covers, I was always doing all of that, but I never would have called myself an artist or a designer, (laughs) even though I was definitely doing it. Um, Again, it was just hard to see a framework for how to make that work. So I actually ended up doing what I do now when I was about to give it up. I was, <laughs> I was, yeah. um, at that time we had left Nashville, my husband and I, and we moved to Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. literally just to save money and just try to figure things out. And <laughs> it was then that I was like, okay, let me just try other things. So I was just trying all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. um, all t- kinds of random freelance work and things. And then, I just kind of had a breakdown and I was just like, well, maybe this is it. Maybe I just need to stop trying. Sure. (laughs) And I ended up writing a poem about that, about that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I shared that poem on Pinterest. And then the following year, this is in early 2017, I ended up finding out that that poem had been shared over a hundred thousand times on Pinterest. Oh my God. And I had no idea. (laughs) So yeah, that was a huge wake up call that I wasn't expecting and yeah, had that not happened, I, I don't know if I ever <laughs> woken up to, hey, yeah. you write poetry, that's something you can do. Completely. And I mean, I think that's so interesting because, you know, we we run a business at Right Way, we want to rerun a business for aspiring writers who want to become published. And so many people don't think that they can call themselves writers or authors or artists or anything until until mm-hmm. they are recognized in the public sphere. So for you, yes. when did you feel like you started calling yourself an artist? Was it after that recognition or was it something just kind of inside of you that that you carried with you along the way? It was when other people started to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's kind when, of reality, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was when I was putting these words out there that had yeah. line breaks in them. And yes, they look like poetry. And intellectually, I would say, okay, yeah, that looks like poetry, but I still wasn't calling myself a poet sure. <laughs> or a writer. So it was when other people were saying, oh, I, I really like your poetry. Like you're one of my favorite poets to follow. I'm like, me? <laughs> Are you sure about that? So um, yeah, that was a huge part of it. Even with art, very same thing. I, I didn't feel qualified to call myself an artist. And so that's definitely a trend yeah. <laughs> in my oh, yeah. story of, I, and sure. I, I actually really do believe in, in that's so cliche, but I think it's so important of, of just putting your work out there, even before you feel like it's ready, it's really scary, but mm-hmm. even before you feel like you know what it is or where it belongs, because over and over in my story, it has been other people, whether they were people in the industry or whether they were readers who informed me about my work and saw something in it that I couldn't see. So right. even my process of, of getting published, that it was very similar. I, I was sharing these things and I had an idea of, okay, yeah, maybe someday I'd like to release like a book with my art and my poetry in it, but I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah, it was when, when a publisher reached out and said, we'd like to do this. And I was like, well, that sounds great. So yeah, I'm a firm believer of, putting it out there before you know what it is. And I think a lot of people get stuck on that of, of like, oh, I have to, 
like I, I did I actually did a polished. whole yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did a whole Instagram. I don't know what got into me that day, but I did a whole like yeah. I wrote a whole essay on putting your writing out there on my Instagram story. And it's in my highlights if anyone wants to read it. Yes. And I was just talking about the importance of not needing to know like what your writing is because you oh. don't know. It it may take someone else to say, Oh, you should write an essay about that, or or could this be a, is this a poem or can, can you make a graphic with that one quote on it? So that happens to me every day, like <laughs> other people seeing something and what I'm sharing. And I, and I think that's just the beauty of collaboration. And Definitely. that's actually something that I, on my podcast that I've done with guests in the past, I, I have like these sneak attack questions that I like to ask that are, yeah. that, that, that make the person have a poetic response. <laughs> Oh, and I then, love that. And then I, I will that. say at the end of it, thank you for your poetry. Oh my gosh, that's so great. <laughs> I'll do it with into- people who, <laughs> yes, I would trick people into being poets. And yes. you know, I say that. And I love that moment because it's, I always love doing that with someone who's not a poet. Cause they're like, no way. I'm like, absolutely. Like, why can't you, <laughs> why can't you be a poet? So yeah, yeah, I try to also speak that into other people when I see it, because it's, it's hard to see all that ourselves. <laughs> It is so hard. And I think, so I, I want to, God, there's so many things I want to dive into about you and how you've really built, built this organic, incredible, authentic community. But I want to talk about the journey of being published and because you did start out, you did self-publish, correct? At yes, I did. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. So, so did you start with that? And then you said a um, publisher reached out to you. Was that Zondervan or was that someone mm-hmm. else? Yeah. yeah. Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yes. So I released a book of 100 poems that uh, self-published that through Amazon. I forget what what it's called. I think they changed the name of it, but they have like a self-publishing thing that you can go through. And I just watched some YouTube videos (laughs) and learned how to do it. And I, and the book of poetry, because my, my poetry also has art, but I couldn't figure out how to do that because trying to do full color books is just, oh yeah, it's super expensive. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And I didn't know where to start, but the reason why I made the book in the first place was because I was sharing poems and people were saying, could you turn this into a book? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have enough here for a book. And people will respond and say, yes, you do. You could, you could just share what you've already written. I was like, okay, so that's what I'm going to do. So I literally compiled like 100 poems that I had been sharing on social media. And I put them in a book and I told people that I said, this is a hundred poems from my social media. This is just, if you want to hold them in your hand. And that's the point of it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think it was maybe, and it's still up. I think it was like $7. and. And yeah, that was the first, the first one I had. And I just remember being so surprised that people actually wanted to buy it and they wanted to support. It was just such a cool feeling. So I I think that was in December, I want to say December of 2017 when I did that. So yeah, it was December, 2017, kind of right before Christmas, if I remember correctly. And then that following year, kind of right around spring, maybe spring 2018, that was when Zondervan reached out and, and said, would you, like, are you interested in doing a full, you know, full color hardback 
book of poetry. And I was like, yes, uh, dream <laughs> <'Cause>, scenario. <laughs> yeah. And, and the biggest amazing. reason why I want to say yes was because I had looked it up and that was very hard to do you know, yeah. on your own, especially with a small budget. So Definitely. I was just like, yes, sign me up. Let's make that happen. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, that is to all the the aspiring writers listening out there. I mean, that is the dream scenario to have a publisher reach out to you. But <laughs> yeah. I think that is such a testament to the author platform that you've built. So we talk a lot about author platform when we have nonfiction authors who are trying to get published. The biggest reason why they're not picked up by a traditional publisher is the lack of an engaged community and engaged mm -hmm. following. And that doesn't just necessarily mean how many digital followers you have, but we've kind of gone really deep into what an author platform is, but <laughs> you have taken this to an entirely different level. You have 1.6 million followers on Instagram and, you know, we've built our business without social media actually. Um, and I'm in total awe of how you have created something that seems so authentic and so genuine and so engaged. Um, mm. Can you talk about how in the world you did that, number one, and then how you have the time and energy to manage <laughs> something that big? Yes. Wow. And I love that you, that you built it off of social media. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I actually, I just, I, I yeah, it's that. a, I love I, that. It's a time because, thing for me too. I'm like, Oh, oh I want to be in the real world. I'm so old. Oh, school. I, no, I totally agree. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's for me because I, I'm, I'm actually not like, I actually don't use social media a lot in yeah. my, pers my personal life. I actually don't use it very much. However, I, I realized that I, I realized I was like, I really do love to connect with other creatives and other yes. like-minded people online. I was like, that's something I, I feel like as a strength of mine, I'm able to mm -hmm. do that for whatever reason. And I think that's the core of it. It's like leaning into what your strengths are because there are a lot of platforms out there and there are a lot of ways to be present on every platform yes. out there. Yes. And there's also a lot of really qualified people and they're, they're absolutely correct in what they're saying, but there's a lot of voices that you can listen to that will tell you how you need to be present on social media, but yep. that's not going to work for everybody. Exactly. So for me, one example of that was at the time I was sharing, um, I started sharing my, my poetry and my art and my words, uh, and because and, I share really long Instagram captions, I actually remember very specifically when I was sharing really long Instagram ca captions, and I literally, I will fill it all the way up to the 2,000. Oh, yeah, 2, yeah. <laughs> At that time, I remember listening to professionals, experts saying, don't, don't do bombard it. your don't audience do with all those words. Like, people don't want that. And I was just like, I feel like I want to do it anyway, though. Exactly. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, like little yeah, yeah, that was one example. Another example there, I was hearing a lot and all this is valid. Some of it works for other people, but sure. for me, I was just like, that doesn't seem like I have a lot to say. <laughs> I'm going to fill up this caption. And I feel like it's become more popular now, but sure. back then there are people who were, I mean, I would get comments, people making fun of the fact that I was doing, they're like, oh my gosh, here you go with these long captions. But I kept doing it. I didn't care. <laughs> so when was this? You say back then, like, what, yeah, this was like 20, 2017, 2018. Oh my God. So you have built that in just a matter of years. And that's one, one thing I really want to talk about. Cause I, again, I get a lot of 
authors, aspiring authors who are like, oh, social media. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I, I'll never be able to grow it. But I feel like you approached it so differently with, with true heart and soul. You're not just posting pretty pictures or, because I think that's where people mm -hmm. get like tripped up. It's like, okay, well, what do I post about today instead of approaching yeah. it as a total collaborative effort or active yeah. service. So mm -hmm. talk about how you how you set your account up or the mindset you brought with it. Because when you go to your page, it feels to me totally different than any other page. And mm. it's like, I can exhale and I want to oh spend goodness. time there. And I don't feel like I've just wasted <laughs> like oh, wow. hours of my life looking at someone else's life. But yeah. Can you talk about that? How, how did you, how did you cultivate that and, and create such a beautiful space? Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank, no, thank you for you. saying that because that's, <laughs> that's my hope. So yeah, I feel like my answer here may not sound like the most professional, but it's just the oddest thing it is. Oh, so I am yeah. a very low energy person. Yeah. So I yeah. remember kind of, and, and I feel like, it, you know, like <laughs> with Instagram in particular, kind of that thing about, you know, pretty pictures and yep. getting, having photo ops and things like that. I would just look at a lot of photos. And I'm like, this is so beautiful and I love it, but it looks exhausting. Like, I'm like, so I don't exhausting. think I have, the, oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think I have the energy to be present on social media in this way. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it. I, I literally started looking at, I'm not kidding. I was looking at meme pages, like funny meme pages. And yep. I was like, these pages have such an engaged community and yet you never see the person's face. I was like, Completely. it's just screenshots of, and they're serving their community in that way. People come to their page for a laugh and that's what they get. And that's it. Yep. <laughs> like they're, yep. not, they're not trying to do anything else. That is the purpose of that page. And I was like, well, what's the purpose of my page? And kind of like what you said, I'm like, I want this to be a place where people can come and exhale and just yes. have a moment of, of peace in their day. That's, that's what I want it to be. So mm -hmm. that took the pressure off. And I literally just started thinking about it. Like, I've got to figure out what this whole thing could look like if I'm just, and I can make it from my bed. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can make it in my bed in my pajamas. I was like, that's, yes, that's the goal for me. So yes, yeah, that, that's how I started thinking about it. And, you know, I do feel like over the past two or three years, I'm seeing more people do that, but it, again, mm -hmm. it wasn't as common back then. Um, I, I would follow a lot of, a lot of other artists and poets. Um, there was one artist in particular who I loved and I would just see the way that they would they they had lots of pretty pictures at, at the ocean yeah. and yeah. all these things mixed in with their art. And I just had to relief my, release myself from that pressure. I'm like, I don't know how their day is set up. I don't know how their life is set up. I cannot try to make myself, make my page look like theirs, even though sure. I love what they do. I have to figure out what my version of that is. And yeah, I, I, that has, that honestly, I can say by narrowing it down and saying, I'm just going to share my art and my art and my words in this way mm -hmm. that really helped me kind of create what I like to call like a slow burn yes. and it helps me sustain it because I'm not trying to do all these other things so like when TikTok came out and now we have Instagram reels oh, I don't try I don't no. try to keep up uh -uh. with the trends like nope if I do a video it's in my style and sometimes it gets a lot of engagement sometimes not but I'm not trying to I'm like no I I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to do it all. And cause I want to sustain yes. this and I, and I don't want to have to constantly feel like I'm just 
having to do everything to keep up with the platforms because the heart of what I'm doing Ugh. is a message. And exactly. And yeah. That, that part of it can just get endless, you know, if I'm not careful. <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you feel like a, a huge responsibility? Like you have to respond to everyone or because that's the, I think that's the fear for a lot of people is like, Oh my God, the bigger this yeah. grows, like it kind of feels like you have to be on it and you, and you have this responsibility mm-hmm. in a way. Um, how, like, how would you feel if it all disappeared tomorrow? Like if Instagram <laughs> just like yeah. shut down, I mean, what would that feeling be for you or what would you do? How would you pivot? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I'm really proud of myself because I have an amazing person on my team, Sydney, who helps with our mailing list. So yeah. <laughs> that is wonderful. And I also have an app that it's a lot of what you see on my Instagram, but it's curated specifically for the app. And it's to even further that experience of amazing. having that moment just to breathe kind of away from everything else, you know, <laughs> without yeah. ads popping up or anything like that. It's just, you know, when you open that app, you're going to get, you're going to get poetry. You're going to get words of encouragement. You're going to get art and that's all you're going to see. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I would focus more on those things Mm -hmm. because I, I am becoming increasingly overwhelmed with the demands (laughs) of social media and and I'm not, yeah, I'm not good at, I I actually do love to respond to readers, but I am not good at responding to things right away. (laughs) There's sometimes where I'll get to messages way after the fact, but, and and sometimes that is hard because, you know, sometimes you'll miss out on things if you don't respond immediately. Of course. That's okay. (laughs) It is okay. We live in such a reactive society and it's, yeah, if you don't respond in five minutes, it's just out of sight, out of mind almost, or mm-hmm. someone takes it personally, which I think can be really difficult. But I feel like, so one of the biggest gripes I hear about, especially from our clients is that we cannot just be writers today, that we have to be marketing wizards, publicists, social media gurus. We have mm-hmm. to be and do all of these things instead of really focusing on the craft, but yes. I feel like you really are, you've maintained that, um, or maybe created space and privacy around yourself where you are still an artist and you have protected your craft in some ways, or at least that's mm-hmm. what it seems like. So can you discuss that, like how you've maintained that artistry in a world that expects you to be so much more? Yeah. That is such, oh gosh, that's so timely. Oh oh my gosh, I I struggle with it every day. (laughs) Yes, I feel like I am just putting this together over the past week, actually. Oh, wow. Actually, so I have Sydney on my team who helps with marketing and social media, which I'm Sydney sounds amazing. Yes, shout (laughs) out to Sydney and everyone on our team. They're all amazing. And she, um, she actually, I just realized last week, how much I'm not the best. I wasn't the best at figuring out, okay, here's the work that I do, you know, writing the art and then where that stop point is for someone else to take the baton and carry on. I realized that I was kind of meshing everything together. So I was meshing the writing and the art with marketing together and they're not the same thing. And I I realized I was like, yeah, I'm actually not the best person to market my own stuff (laughs) Yes, (laughs) because one, I'm way more critical of it than anyone else. 
So even if like highlighting a certain part to put in an email or to put on a banner or something, I can't even see it as well because I'm so critical of it. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I like this anymore. Maybe I'll just do away with the whole thing. So now um, it has been, it, it was such an humbling experience because I had a whole lot of stuff going on last week and I was just getting really just kind of busy. And I was like, Sydney, can you help me like curate, re- repurpose a, a, a social media post for Instagram, like a series? And the posts that she curated in terms of engagement performed way better than, <laughs> than oh, what wow, I had, that's interesting. Than what I had, than what I had yeah. curated myself for the past five, seven days. And what I learned from that, even though that was just like a one-time moment, it this is what it showed me was just that like, we can't, we can't always see the bigger picture of what we're doing when we're in it. And, and sometimes it takes other people to be able to see, to see it. Cause I never would have picked the post that she picked because when I look at it, I say, oh, I don't really use that exact shade of yellow anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to post that. I'll have to redo it before I share it. Um, so yeah. And, and I think anybody who maybe deals with that perfectionism thing, it's, it's really good to kind of, it's, it's hard. It's so hard <laughs> to it's release so the hard. control. Yes. Oh my but God. Really, yes. Ultimately, I have found that it has taught me so much. I mean, even with like, I've had the opportunity to have my words on, on journals, planners, mm. all kinds of things. And a lot of times it has been someone, they went through my Instagram feed and they were like, what about this phrase? And I was like, I never would have thought that's actually how the, that's actually how both titles of my books came about. Um, I've really? How long you were blooming and how far you have come. Yeah. It was someone on the editing team that saw that theme in my work and said, what about this? <laughs> Hey everyone, it is your host, Rhea Fry here. Now, we talk a lot on this show um, to other authors about other authors, but I am going to talk about myself for just two seconds. So, as most of you know, I am the author of three domestic suspense novels, Not Her Daughter, Because You're Mine, and Until I Find You. And I wanted to offer a special <laughs> pandemic palooza bundle. Three personally signed books for just $30 shipped straight to your door from me to you. The offer is only going to extend through March, just in time for summer reading, for Mother's Day, for graduation, or for anyone in your life who loves a good, quick, and somewhat scary read, I should say, just go to rightwayco.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com or reafry.com, R-E-A-F-R-E-Y.com, or you can click the link in the show notes. From me to you, three books, 30 bucks. Now on to the show. I mean, I was like, you're absolutely right. (laughs) I I think that goes back to what you were saying about putting your work out there. I mean, I think so many of Mm -hmm. us are so precious and so private about it, but until your work gets out there, sometimes you don't even, you can't even see how, yes, how it's going to affect someone, what new ideas there are. You have to get perspective and space. I always say like when you put a book out into the world or anything out into the world, it doesn't belong to you anymore. And, you know, you can, it's going to affect so many people in so many different ways. And I mean, that's kind of the beauty and the pain (laughs) and the pain of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I also wanted to ask, like, do you, do you think that there is a difference 
between being an artist and being a published author? Like, what is that, mm. that difference to you? Oh, yeah. So I have a pretty, I think the biggest one is being an artist is very solitary. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Making the art itself, that's not collaborative in any way. Um, I don't really have, I mean, and some artists will work differently. Um, but for me, I, I paint everything, like all of that, that I share all of the art, Amazing. I paint all of that. And that is, that's just me sitting in front of my iPad and my tablets making that. However, writing that, and thankfully I, I just have been able to work with great editors that that's more collaborative. And I love that. Like, I love getting feedback from an editor about something yes. because they're going to be able to see things again that I don't see. And I feel like that makes the writing better. So um, sometimes that's more work on me because I have to go back and Absolutely. rewrite something. But I think it, I, I ultimately love that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're very different in that way. Um, and, and just to be totally transparent, it is hard to manage. Like sometimes I'm like, what if I just did one? Like I just yes. <laughs> gave up the other one. Yes. I just did one oh because yes. it's, it is, they're different processes and it is very, it can be very hard to manage them. So what I do now to kind of manage that is I try to, my hardest, I try my hardest to start with art every day, even Ugh. if it's just for 30 minutes, I'll just turn on my iPad and I'll just doodle. Sometimes I get more than some days I get more than others. And then I kind of like, like to me, I know some people like love to wake up and go to the gym. I'm not yeah. one of those. Yeah. So for me, that is sort of that for me. That's, that's my way of kind of getting into my body at the start of the day. Yes. And then from there, I kind of go into writing. So Ugh, I love that. And how long, so in a typical day, I mean, do you write and create every single day? Is it kind of, you just follow the rhythms of that day or what you have on tap or can, yeah. What's a, what's a typical day beyond like that first, you know, doing art on your iPad and then going into writing, um, mm -hmm. what is, what does the day look like for you? So I can live vicariously through you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my sort of like magic time where I get to yeah. make things is before noon. Yes. So me too. That's some days, amazing. some days the day starts, I have a little one. Some days the day actually starts at 4am, some days 5am yeah. I'll wake up early and yeah, I'll just get ready and I'll come right in, right into my office studio area. And I'll just sit here, turn on some music, turn on a podcast, and I'll just make art. And mm. eventually, after about an hour or so, I'm like, okay, I need to do something else because <laughs> my hand sure. is tired or I'm kind of stuck in a color palette. That's all that's always an indicator to me. If I if I'm just stuck and I don't know where to go, I'm like, well, it's time to do something else. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you've reached the limit for the moment. And then from there, I will go to um creating uh, writing. So kind of the main writing that I do end up writing for every day is for my app. So yeah. I try to give really fresh things there every single day. And we, we plan those out a week in advance. So I'll turn in. So I have Ashley on my team, shout out to Ashley who edits, <laughs> who helps with that. And I try to get all of that to Ashley by Thursday. So I'll have all the things for the app ready to go by Thursday. So that's the biggest thing that I would say I kind of have to quote unquote uh -huh. work on every day to pace myself just so it doesn't pile up. 
But the the pieces in the app are about between 300 to 500 words, which for me, doing one of those a day, it's not it's not a lot at this point. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that I have to do. And, and then if I'm if I'm working on a book, then I'll try to 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 um, chisel away at that. But I will say when it comes to book time, I end up having cramming <laughs> sessions. Yes. I remember my last deadline. Yeah, I was just like, I did not see the outside of that room for like two days. Oh, <laughs> which can be fun sometimes. But yeah, speaking, yeah. Like, speaking of that and just deadlines and books. So you, your beautiful collection all along, you were blooming came out in January 2020, right? Like, so yes. right before mm-hmm. the pandemic. So and I read this I read this book in a single day, by the way, it was so Mm. amazing. I keep it on my, my nightstand. Actually, my, my husband, who's a, he's an illustrator and a designer. And he was literally like, oh my God, give me this book. I I mean, he he stole it from me because he was so taken by all of the illustrations. But, um, how did that launch go for you? Like, was it all virtual at that point or how do you even approach a launch, um, in your Yes. World? Yeah. Thankfully we got to do quite a bit prior to the first lockdown starting. So that was actually really cool because I ended up with some, some really neat moments. I didn't have, um, like, I didn't have like a, like a launch team or anything like that like within my readership I didn't, in my mm-hmm. community. I didn't have anything like that, but I did, um, I did do a lot on social media that one of my biggest things with social media, and I try to, I try to give people this advice too. I'm like, if you're going to be on there, make things that are shareable. I think that yes. is the reason why I've been able to grow as quickly as I, I have, because almost everything I post is something you can share with your friend or something you can share so, on your feed. So I, that's why, again, like I, it's just a personal choice. You know, I don't, I don't share a lot of just like, oh, here's me doing this thing. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't, I don't have the time and energy. (laughs) That's, that's the main reason why I don't, I don't do that. So I'm like, what I do, what I do have time and energy for, let me make sure it has the most, you know, the the most that it can be. So I did a lot of that when the book came out, I did a lot of just picking up uh, one page from the book and just simply just looking at the camera and reading it on social media. And that is interesting. And, you know, for any writers out there, because at this point, we've gotten so used to the 15 second TikToks and reels that seeing someone just kind of sitting there being still, that actually ends up being more more eye-catching. Well, luckily yours are so Why is this person not dancing? Right. Well, exactly. But I feel like your work is perfect for our attention spans because Mm. they are so yeah. so short unfortunately yeah. and and I actually do try to write now with that in mind maybe yep. not the whole piece That's that I write but I try to write at least a paragraph or at least a few lines that oh I think this could be these could this isolated could be read out loud you know that could resonate in a short way because yeah that we do have we're used to those short videos but I think that you know even if you are if you are a writer, if you you're writing books, like you can still be a part of that in your own way. So that's what I did. I I didn't, I didn't, I'm like, I don't, you don't have to come up with a dance for, it's like, (laughs) if you want to, absolutely. I think that's amazing, but I'm a terrible dancer. So I don't, I've never done any type of dancing on anything. Um, 
And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and read and read. And then we also had some events. So we were able to have um, two events in LA, Nashville, um, and then what's just those three? We had more scheduled, but those did not happen. You have to let me know if you're ever back in Nashville. That's where I, that's where I live. Oh, actually. wow. Um, that was, the, yeah, that was one of the first ones. No, that was the second one we did. And it was, it was really good. That's awesome. <laughs> it really surprised me how the, at the turnout. Um, so yeah, that was sort of my strategy was, was doing events and, you know, that got cut short. Um, however, I'm grateful for the ones that we did have. Absolutely. And you have another upcoming book in April, right? Yes. So yes. how are you going to approach this launch? Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, yes. Is this going to be virtual or is this going to be out in the real world as well? Oh, I am so excited about <laughs> what we have planned for this one. Yeah. So this book is, is uh, similar to my last book, All Along You Were Blooming in the way that it's poetry and art, full color, hardcover, and it's a little bit thicker because there are essays in it this time as oh, well. So nice. I tell a little bit of my story and it's, and the book is set on eight different landscapes and I start where I grew up in Georgia and I work my way all the way to California on this road trip that I've taken so many times. And I stop in each state and I tell a story and then there's poetry and art inspired by that landscape. So I'm, there's, oh my goodness, I'm even, I'm glad you said that. So I'm like, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff I want to try to do today to yeah. keep working on it. But my biggest hope for this book is so this kind of leads to where I'm going about the launch thing. My biggest hope for this book is that I want people to walk away feeling empowered and encouraged to tell their own story and reclaim parts of their story that maybe they've forgotten or they haven't spent much time with. So what I'm doing is I'm working on creating like a series of, of guided journaling pieces that oh, people can God. and they're and it's going to I have one I'm creating them for all 50 states and oh, based on what I know about my demographics I'm creating it for some places outside of the U.S. as well where it says like here's what California taught me here's what Tennessee taught me here's what Texas taught me here's what New Jersey taught me so whether and I've written it in a way that even if you visit whether you visited the place or whether you've lived there you can just talk about what being there has taught you who did you meet what did you encounter what was beautiful about that place mm. I'm so excited I'm so oh excited oh my gosh I, that, I mean that sounds absolutely incredible I can't yeah, tell everybody the name of that book Yes, it's how far you have come. How far you have come. I love your titles. They're just oh, thank you. Again, credit so to the editors for no. Oh, so I mean, I, I write. Them. I wrote them. Yes, but they're they're the ones that noticed them. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, we are going to finish up with what we like to call like our little lightning round. So I'm just going to ask you some simple questions, and I want you to just tell me the first thing that that pops into your head. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Best writing advice you've ever received. Mm, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm moving so slowly. Oh. You're fine. There's no clock or time. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I just finished rereading, um, writing down the bones by Natalie Goldberg, which I recommend. So I was trying to find like a quote from her, but I feel yeah. like the premise of it is just right. I mean, she just has, right. and, and also she, I'll get more specific. She has something in there about like, 
don't be fancy about your notebooks. She was like, get cheap notebooks. Oh. She was like, I love the cheap back to school notebooks because you, you take that pressure off yourself to write fancy. Oh, I love <laughs> so, that. That's yeah, such- she uses the, the, I forget what you call them, but you know what I mean? Like those traditional yep. school supply the little, notebooks. Yep, yeah, completely. Yeah, so My daughter like, has like a million of those. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I say this as someone, I have very pretty journals out there. My me own, too. Actually. Yep, me too. But, but um, but if you're if you're feeling stuck, it might be time to open up the composition book and just scribble. Yes, back. composition. Book. Oh, I love it. How do you define success for yourself? Mm. It's it's when I when I have something happen that I know like six year old Morgan would have been mm. really really giddy about like. Mm-hmm. Six-year-old Morgan would not have really cared about Instagram followers. She'd be like, oh, yep. cool. But what's that? I don't even like, exactly. I don't know what that is. Um, but she would have been so excited that her that something she drew was in a book, <sighs> you know? <laughs> that best answer so, ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, and I don't think we think about that. Mm, as much. I mean, what yeah. you just said, um, I mean, I think that that just like drowns out so much of the noise in this. Mm-hmm crazy, chaotic, like hustle and grind culture. That is such a great way to define Mm. it and to look at it. Um, what's the best thing that's happened to you since you've been published? Hmm. I keep coming back to this moment because it was just like, it was, it was pretty profound for me. I got, it was the last event that I did. I got to do a book signing at Barnes and Noble in the Grove in LA, which if anyone's ever been there, that's like, that's like a big deal. (laughs) They have a lot of really big writers that come through there. And it was, it was profound that, but also because I had been there the year before at another book signing. And I said, one day I'm going to make it here. One day I'm going to be <laughs> reading my own poetry and, oh, I'm sorry. It was two years before that. So two years later, I, I was sitting there myself. So honestly, that was, and that was like, literally, I think maybe a week or two before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it's still very much. So I was like, yeah, that happened. I think that happened that way for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Amazing. What about your biggest author or artist goal? for yourself? Hmm. You know, I heard the other day (laughs) I was listening to, and I cannot think of his name. I feel so bad. I was listening to a writer talk about how he has like a a separate cabin in his backyard that he goes and writes. Oh my God. I just got one. I just got one. I bought a tiny home. And I I love it on the back. Cause I was like, I gotta get away from my family (laughs) before a murder happens. Yeah. Yes. I, I was like, that sounds nice. Like I love, um, yeah. Cause, cause now my, my, my studio, my office, I love it, but it is very hard to sometimes get in the you can't, you gotta everything it. happens here, you know, email yep. happens here, everything. So it's very, I would be nice to have a place that was just for writing. And I will yeah. say I, we actually moved recently and I do have 
I we have a patio that is for that. I just need it to warm up a little bit more. Uh, so yeah. Cause I was like, that's all I want to do out there is, is right. So I'm looking oh, forward Can to I that. tell you, like I was going nuts. I mean, just meeting my own writer deadlines and mm -hmm. running a business and homeschooling my daughter. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all here. I'm like, no, I need to be able to shut my computer, put my mm -hmm. phone away. That's not in my home because I'm just yes. always quote unquote on all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I totally I, agree. And <laughs> I might be kind of weird for saying this, but I think that <laughs> I think that even the writing that we do when we have those moments really truly away from everything, I think like the energy of that is is felt in yes from the reader. I think the reader picks up on maybe not consciously, but I think there's something about like yeah, like that kind of stillness, that moment that exactly. that comes through in even the way the writing happens. So. Yeah, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. I, I've written four <laughs> suspense books, like admits doing a million other things. My daughter <laughs> interrupting me every five minutes. I'm like, I wonder what I could do when I'm I know, right? interrupted. And but I it, think that's cool too, though. Cause I wrote all along here, Blooming. I literally finished the art a month after giving birth to my son. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I look Amazing. at that, I look at that art and I'm like, yeah, I, I did all of that while <laughs> becoming a parent. That's I think that's um, pretty cool too. <laughs> that is that's amazing but i highly i highly suggest getting a studio of your own it's a game changer best investment yes. i've ever made awesome. <laughs> um what's one thing you wish that all aspiring writers knew mm. that someone out there is going to connect with the writing that you feel is imperfect and mm. not ready yet Ugh or the writing that you feel is not deep enough, not interesting enough. Like you've read something that touched your soul. That was that for someone, so, some other writer, <laughs> some other writer barely put that sentence out there or they barely, they almost didn't even write it in the book. And then you end up highlighting it. No. So I think that that is huge. I was, I was reading something the other day about Tolkien and how he didn't want Lord of the Rings to be a trilogy. And I was just like, isn't that interesting? I can't, I can't even see it outside of a trilogy. And yet the person who created this whole universe <laughs> was like, uh -huh. no, it's not a trilogy. But he grudgingly was like, okay, we'll make it a trilogy. Wow. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that's really fascinating. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that advice. Um, what do you want your writing legacy to be? Or your mm. artist legacy to be? Yeah, I I feel like for both of those, it's, I really do hope to help give just a little bit more confidence to the next generation. Mm -hmm. if, if there have been books that I read, that I've read, and when I got to the end, it just gave me courage just to write just a little bit more. So if I can help someone else do that with their own story, with their own writing, I, I think that's what matters because I, I think that all, like my favorite part of books is when you're when especially nonfiction books at the end of the book, you have a lot of times like the, the sources, you know, the, yes. all the people that reference and it's like, wow, this book was, is built on the top of all those other thoughts and all those other thinkers. Like, isn't that amazing? So amazing. yeah, I guess to, to break it down simply, if I end up being a source at <laughs> the end of someone's book, I'm like, okay, 
that's it. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, I've never really thought about it like that, but that's such a great way to, to think about it and how yeah, we just continuously it's, build it's, it's limitless. I love it. I, I love when authors have, you know, bibliographies in the mm-hmm. back, because I think it takes away from this notion of like, you just have to be like this lone wise deep oh, thinker yeah. and no one's ever said this before. It's like, or you're just contributing to a larger conversation exactly. that's been happening for centuries. And <laughs> this is just your version of that. So yeah, I, f- I find that to be very free. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what writing do you want to see more of in the world? Mm, I want to see more. And I think it's probably motivated again by just being a parent and not having more, not having as much time to read. I, I love nonfiction, but I don't have the time to sit down and read books like I used to. Mm-hmm. But I do have time to open up books of poetry. So I, yes. I want to see more poetry. Oh, me I just, too. I'm oh just my gosh, like, I've said that so many times. <laughs> I, I feel like there's, you know, there's literary poetry, which I have an enormous respect for, especially having been in an MFA program very briefly. Mm-hmm. And at the same time though, I'm just like, there's so many other kinds of poetry. Oh, and, yeah. and I, there's so many times I'm on Instagram, just reading someone's caption. And I'm like, you're writing poetry and you have no idea. Yep. <laughs> like I would, I'm like, I would read this as a poem. Like, please, please more poetry. Even if it's just uh, more poetry intro of your chapter, please. <laughs> yes. I concur with you. <laughs> um, who's a writer everyone should read? Oh, that one's so hard. I know, right? It's like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite book? Like, it's the same thing. But is there okay. a writer? Yeah, that you're just like everyone needs to needs to read this person. Okay, can I cheat and give two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Toni Morrison. Oh, because there's yes. a lot to choose from. I mean, Toni Morrison is a He's well. Incredible. I mean essays, novels, like yes. <laughs> you'll find something of Toni uh-huh. Morrison to read. And then the second is John O'Donohue. Oh, yes. Poet does, he was a priest. I mean, yeah, those two are, a, yeah. What about an artist? Is there an artist you think everyone should check out? Ooh, Alma Thomas. She mm. is one of very few black abstract artists it is very hard to find (laughs) black abstract artists and when I found when I found her work I was like yeah that is I was like this is my kind of person she did incredible things during her lifetime so yeah Alma that's a I can't spell (laughs) A-L-M-A Alma Thomas Alma Thomas great and lastly, what's the best way for people to find you? Obviously your Instagram, but um, it, it, I'd love for yeah. you to talk about your app or just directing yeah. people so they can find out more about you, your books, your work, everything that you do. Yes, I try to make my website a one-stop shop and that's morganharpernichols.com. I have a tab on there for the app. I have a tab on there for the new book, my shop, and of course, all the social media links. Uh, amazing Morgan. Thank you so much. I could talk to you all day. It's like taking, I just feel so relaxed. It's like going to your page. It's like a giant <laughs> exhale. You, you have such oh, amazing. Wow. Energy well, thank you. So inspiring for all the artists and authors out there who really still care about the craft and just want to put their work out. And I think you are so inspirational no matter where you are in your artistic journey. So thank you so much. We so appreciate you being here. 
Well, thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of this. I've, I've enjoyed this conversation. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 